presented by Abertron Restoration Products, the Angie App, LL Flooring, Heart Tools, and Schluter. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And it's almost here. I call this the unofficial start of summer, Memorial Day, right? Memorial Day weekend is kind of when we're all in summer mode. I know it's technically later. You can wear white pants, so That's it's right. Okay, good. I can get my white <laughs> suit out. Looking so good. Don't, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> no, I wouldn't embarrass you uh, by, by being anywhere near uh, us with that suit on. <laughs> <laughs> Although I would like to see it at some point, so <laughs> don't get rid of it. Entirely. I'll show you my communion pictures. You know, when you're a little Catholic boy growing up, your mom dresses you in a white, all white suit. It was the thing back then if you were Italian. So, uh, yeah, I got a few of those I might share. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't wait. Can I post them? I'll post uh, them. Shh, don't well, tell them. I will. No, probably not. Well, maybe we will. We'll see. <laughs> hey, it's episode 2104 today. We're so glad you're here. If you've got a project that you're planning for this holiday weekend, we would love to help you get going on that. If you've got some questions, you don't know where to start, maybe you're stuck in the middle, you don't know what products to use, reach out to us and call us, and we would love to help you shorten the time it takes to get that done so you can maximize the time you have to relax this weekend. Hey, coming up on today's show, speaking of relaxing, adding a pergola or an arbor to your backyard is a great way to step up your outdoor living space. You don't know what a pergola is? No problem. We're going to tell you. Plus, these are fun projects that you can totally build yourself. You've seen them. They're kind of like the structures with like a wood slat roof. It's not really a roof because the sun and the rain come through, but it looks awfully cool. And we're going to tell you how to build them. Absolutely. And they're the perfect setting for wisteria. So you have to plant wisteria. If you do the pergola... Next step, wisteria. Trust me. All right, guys. Well, with all that rainy, wet spring weather we've been having, repairing rotted wood on your windows, doors, even wood columns could be on your to-do list. So we're going to make those projects a lot simpler with tips on how you can easily restore damaged wood. And also ahead, saving water becomes more and more important the warmer we get into this summer. But rather than rely on your family to use less water... Actually, my kids use less water than I. They were taught well. They would yell at us just to not run the water when we're brushing our teeth and stuff like that. But maybe that's not the case in all households. If some of your children pretend that they brushed their teeth, does that count as saving water? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't but actually. Mom, I'm being eco-friendly. <laughs> I'm, I'm saving water by not brushing my teeth. And thank yeah, goodness well, for we'll the masks, because we can't tell you have bad breath. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? Uh, we don't have to bug them to save water. We can actually swap out some fixtures that will do the water saving for you. We're going to talk to you about some of the latest water sense fixtures that are out there that can help cut your water use by about a third without giving up in any of that water flow and performance that you have come to enjoy, like a good strong shower in the morning. Very true. And that's, you know, a great project to put on your to-do list. What else are you guys working on? Are you doing something great this Memorial Day weekend? Have you checked your deck? Is it safely installed to your home? Lots of things to think about as we get into the summer season. So reach out with your project questions. We're going to share some tips to help you get that project done once and get it done right. So hopefully you don't have to do it again. And we might even give you some tools to help you tackle those projects because today we have from our friends at Heart the 20-volt half-inch brushless drill driver kit to give away. It's worth 94 bucks. Heart tools are well-made, they're versatile, and they're available exclusively at Walmart. Going out to one listener 
who has the courage to pick up the phone or post a question to us at moneypit.com. That number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Tracy in Florida is on the line and has taken the chance with some crown molding. Are you doing this yourself? What's going on? So I wanted to install crown molding. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not handy at all. Um, and um, I was looking into uh, how to install it, and I saw um, that you could install the um, the high-density styrofoam, like the poly, I forget what it's called, poly. Mm-hmm. The foam trim, yes. Yes, and um, it got good reviews, and it looks kind of like real, and it's easier to install. I just don't know if it's a good good thing to do. Yeah, I think so. You know, crown molding, from a carpentry perspective, to put crown molding in is one of the most difficult carpentry jobs because you have to cut a compound miter to do that. And you also have to cope it, which means you kind of make one piece of the molding is sort of plain. The second one has this compound miter. Then you have to handsaw part of the wood out of the way. It's very complicated for a do-it-yourselfer. And that's why these foam moldings have been such a boom to DIYers because, as you say, they're very easy to install. They make the system easy to cut, and all you need is caulk. You know, you're pretty much using an adhesive caulk to hold it in place. You might put a couple of nails in just to attack it while it dries. And as long as you wanted to do a painted crown molding, it really makes a lot of sense because it's indistinguishable from, you know, wood molding that you would paint, right? It's just foam molding, and you could paint right over that. So if you wanted wood molding where you saw the grain, then you'd have to do it with traditional wood crown molding. But if you just want a painted crown molding, yeah, the foam is definitely the way to go. Oh, great. So that's something you feel uh, a newbie like me yep, could exactly, probably handle. Yeah. Yeah, just make sure you review. You're probably going to need a, a few basic tools, like a very simple miter box with a back saw attached to it so you can make nice, square, clean cuts. But that is not very expensive when you buy a very simple one, okay? Okay. And you know the other thing, too, if you have any mistakes and you like you, you, there's a little gap here and there, just caulk the gap and then paint over the caulk. And it'll hide all your sins. Oh, great. That's what I need. <laughs> all right. Just use latex caulk and make sure you have a proper caulk Trowel, you know what that is? Your fingers. You got five of them on each hand. Okay, <laughs> I got Just that. it in there; it'll look great. Okay, all right. Take care. Good luck with that project, Tracy. Thank you so much. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today, and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now we've got Cameron on the line who's got some issues with some old windows. And Tom and I know old houses very well. And you've got the really old ones with the window weights. What's going on? I've got a home that's about 100 years old. And I have the type of windows that have the counterweights on the inside of the the frame itself. When I've watched these videos on how to make that repair, uh, I guess the side of the window is called the sash. There should be a screw or something that allows me to open up that wood so that I can see that counterweight. My windows do not have that access. I don't know how to uh, gain access to the counterweight itself. Got it. So first of all, not an uncommon problem. And Uh you have two options. If you want to sort of restring the weight, 
what you have uh-huh. to do is you have to take off the interior trim, the casing, which is between the sash and the wall. It's usually in a window with weights pretty wide, like three or four inches wide. It's like a Correct. piece of molding. Uh-huh. And you have to physically detach that. I'm not quite sure what you're talking about with a screw. And maybe in a, in a younger window, there may be like a panel that you can come off. And I think I have seen that sometimes in an old window. But but generally, when I fix it, I take off the casing on the right and the left side. And this way, you okay. can get in there and you can reach the weight and you can restring it. You're going to want to string it with a window chain, not a window rope, because those are the ones okay. that break. Uh, and uh-huh. then put it back together. Now, the trick here, Cameron, is to get that trim off without damaging it and making a bigger mess. So what I would tell you to do is to very carefully, uh, with gravity in mind and force in mind so you don't slip and cut yourself, take a utility knife and run it between the window or at the seam between the window and the wall on the on the wall side then also where the trim uh, is covering the edge of the sash. Because by cutting that sort of paint seam there, it will start to loosen it up. And then if you use a very small pry bar, not a big like crowbar, but a small flat bar. They come in different sizes. I mean, the one I'm thinking of, I have one that's about, I don't know, six or eight inches long, and it's got a really uh-huh. thin, flat uh, end on it. You can tap, tap, tap that and get in and start working that trim loose. And uh, you may not be able to pull the nails out, but if you can pull it out a quarter inch or a half inch, then you can run a sawzall down there, or you could run a hacksaw blade down there and cut the nails which has the same effect, you know, uh, to get that piece of wood off. And then you're going to have to pull off this nail, the, the nail that's left on either side. And now you got it all open. You can do your work on the weight. And then you put it back together very carefully, uh, and then you have to repaint it. So I think that's the way to handle that. And by the way, a 100-year-old house, that's a baby. My house is 130. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I wouldn't take anything for it. It's, it's uh, structurally sound. And I just don't think they build them like that nowadays. Yep, I agree with you, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I thank you so much for calling me back, and uh, I'll get my tools out and, and see if I can't uh, pry that thing open and make the necessary repair. All right, good luck. Let us know how you make out. Thank you so much. And, you know, when you listen to The Money Pit, you always get answers to your home improvement and decor questions. But today, you'll also get a chance to win some tools to get the projects done because we've got a really fun drill driver kit to give away from Hart. It comes with a half-inch brushless drill driver, a two-amp-hour battery. It's got a fast charger and a double-ended bit and a belt clip and a storage bag. It's really going to be helpful for lots of projects around your house because it has brushless technology. And with that kind of technology, the drill's motor lasts a lot longer and has about 30% more power. So that helps you get those jobs done quicker without running out of battery power. And speaking of batteries, that 20-volt battery works across all of the heart 20-volt tools, outdoor, automotive, and lifestyle. It's worth $94 going out to one caller drawn at random. And by the way, it's on sale right now, too, at Walmart for $79. They have a complete line of tools and accessories so you can easily tackle any home project. Do it with Heart. Learn more at hearttools.com. Pat in South Dakota is on the line with a painting project. How can we help you? Can you repaint vinyl siding? Yes, you can repaint vinyl. Well, you'd be painting it initially, not even repainting it. But I will tell you this. Once you paint, you do have to repaint. So you're not going to have the maintenance-free surface that you had once before. You will have to repaint it. Now, that said, if you're going to do the repainting or you're going to paint it, uh, you want to make sure that you use a product that's designed specifically for vinyl siding. And I would only use a product from a top brand like Benjamin Moore or Sherwin-Williams. They both have 
their own line of vinyl siding paint. So choose your paint carefully. Make sure it's good quality paint. And keep in mind that eventually you're going to have to repaint it. Okay. That was what I was wondering. Thank you so much. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, we all love the look of a polished backyard. And arbors and pergolas, they are beautiful wooden yard structures that definitely do that job. And you know what, guys? Building one is definitely within most DIYers' reach. So, Tom, let's start with the basics by explaining what these actually are. Now, the terms tend to be used kind of interchangeably to describe these backyard structures, but they shouldn't be. Now, first, let's talk about an arbor. Now, an arbor is a freestanding structure. You're going to see supports on either side and then also across the top. And that's often formed out of lattice. And arbors often extend over maybe a walkway or an entrance to a garden. They're smaller than pergolas, and they're often not big enough to sit beneath. It's just sort of like marks an entryway. Now, a pergola is a freestanding structure that features a slatted roof supported by four posts, usually one at every corner. They're bigger. They're often in that sort of 10 by 10 range. And it's not uncommon to see pergolas used as outdoor entertaining areas. They kind of set this space in your yard and they are beautiful and they definitely create a destination spot. Typically, they're open on the sides. Now, pergolas are not intended to be a shelter. They're super open, but, you know, it's going to help block the sun a tiny bit when it's at a certain angle, but it's definitely not for shade, you know, not to hide from the wind or the rain because it's open, but it definitely does define that space. It becomes a beautiful landscaping centerpiece. I mean, it's really gorgeous, and they're going to work very well over a paver patio or a hot tub or a walkway or your outdoor dining area. Whatever you've got, a pergola is stunning. You know, I think that both pergolas and arbors are kind of like outdoor sculpture, you know, in a way. For sure. Right? Because they really do adorn your outdoor space nicely. Now, when it comes to the arbors, these are great for natural entrance ways to gardens, but they can also work well at kind of like a break in the bushes or hedges or over a bench or a gate. You want to be careful when you select plants and flowers for arbors. Make sure they don't jeopardize headroom because you don't want to have to kind of duck going through them. Wisteria grapes or weeping conifers, all great examples of low-hanging plants that work well in arbors, as well as that wisteria in the pergola, like you were saying before. I mean, it really decorates it nicely. And because the arbors are a little smaller than pergolas, they might allow for a bit more flexibility in terms of materials. Wood, of course, is the go-to material, but there's options in metal or aluminum, and you can also buy them sort of prefabricated in different types of composites. So lots of options there to add either arbors or pergolas to your yard. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don in Pennsylvania is on the line with a roofing and ventilation question. Tell us what's going on. We live in a house that's about... 60 years old now. Uh, it has gable vents in the attic, regular foul roof. And anyway, uh, the roofer suggested that when the house was re-roofed, that we put a full-length ridge vent in the house. The house is an L-shape with an office in the back that actually makes the back a T. So anyway, the first year after 
the roof was changed, went through winter, wound up. Uh, we noticed the scaleration in the ceiling, in the Armstrong ceiling in our office. And so I went upstairs and found out there was two inches of snow in the attic. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I wondered, did we go to the point of having too much ventilation? Because we never had a trouble before. Yeah, it's really not possible to have too much venting done. Now, the type of vent, ridge vent that the roofer put in, what he should have put in is something called a filter vent. And a filter vent basically has a filtering material right inside the ridge vent that's designed to be a weather filter. So it stops the snow from blowing in. If that filter part is missing, that might be the reason you're getting a lot of snow. But as I said, if a little bit of snow is blowing in, I wouldn't worry about it. If a lot of snow is blowing in and it's happening a lot, then you might want to consider replacing that ridge vent with the right type. I see. Thank you. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Hey, I was uh, on a project uh, just before the show today, Leslie. I was uh, putting the final coat. Uh, well, actually, I had just put the final coat of urethane on this table I was working on, and I thought I'd share a tip that I've used for years to get a really smooth wax-covered finish. It looks almost hand-rubbed. Oh, yeah. And oh, that I'd is, you know when you put your final coat on, and if you rub your hand over it, you always do feel like a little bit of grittiness, even if you did a really mm-hmm. good job of sanding. So what I do is I sand it down again with like 220 paper, and then I take steel wool, dip it in water, and then dip it in a car paste wax, a good quality paste wax, and they use the steel wool to rub it into the surface, and you let it dry, and you buff it, and it's absolutely perfect. It takes all of that little bit of grit that may have settled from dust or a little bit of wood grain that came up, eliminates it, and it looks like a hand-rubbed finish when you're all done. Yet it's still just as durable because it's got the polyurethane under it. That's great. You know, those are always such wonderful projects. And when you really get a nice finish, you just feel so great about it, about everything. Makes my day. Susan in California is on the line and needs some help with a driveway makeover. What's going on at your money pit? <laughs> I'm so glad you said the money pit because that's exactly what it is. And now it's the <laughs> driveway, about 1,200 square feet, and it's uh, been it's about 38 years old, and it needs something else done. And I really don't want to resurface it with uh, blacktop. What are my options? So it's an asphalt driveway now. That's what you're starting with. Yes. Yeah. Listen, I got news for you, Susan. A 38-year-old roadway needs to be replaced. (laughs) And that's exactly what you have. Whether it's a road that goes down the street or a road that's a highway, nothing lasts 38 years. And if you've gotten 38 years out of that driveway... Uh, it's time for a new one. And sure, you can keep slapping sealer on it and patching the cracks and all of that. But at that age, it's got to go. What, what's the best way? Do they just remove the whole thing and then start from scratch? Or what's the best way to go? I think that's the best way. In most cases, that's the best way. You can resurface it. But if you want to make sure that the base is really solid, you know, you would take off the old. They would put a new base down. They would compact it with machines. So it's really, really solid. And then they would apply new asphalt on top of that. Um, I would make sure I got a specification as to exactly how many inches of this material they're going to put down so that you can compare apples to apples when you're looking at at different contractors. But I think that's going to be your best solution. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome, Susan. Well, when wood gets wet and then stays wet for a long time, it can rot. Now, this country has seen a ton of crazy wet weather this spring, so you might be finding some rotted wood in places where that water is spending more time than it should be. 
Yeah, and this is very common in places like windowsills on the outside. When I was a home inspector, I always knew to check like the trim around windows and the windowsills because that's where the water would sit and it would rot out. You'll also find it on porch columns. I had to fix one of those myself not too long ago or around doors or even those parts of the trim like on the corner of your home or the fascia that's sort of behind your gutters. These are places that get wet, they stay wet, and maybe they weren't painted frequently enough. If that's the case, they're going to deteriorate into a soggy, mushy, rotted mess. But instead of replacing that wood that rots away, there is a way to restore it and sort of rebuild these areas for a lot less hassle and in a fraction of the cost of replacement. Yeah, that's right. Now there's actually two products that are specifically designed for this, Liquid Wood and Wood Epox, and they're both made by Abitron. And this is a company that we've been recommending for almost as long as we've had this show. And both products are high-performance epoxy adhesives, and they work together to restore and rebuild rotted and damaged wood. Yeah, and it's kind of a two-step process. First, you apply the Liquid Wood which is also known as an epoxy consolidant because it basically sort of consolidates all of that soft rotted wood and then permanently restores its structural integrity and its durability. Now, it's easy to apply. It soaks in deeply to the wood fibers without the need to cut out any of that damaged wood. A little trick of the trade is you can take a drill bit, like a drill with like an eighth-inch drill bit, drill a few holes in that soft area and squirt in the liquid wood into all those spaces so you really get it soaking good. And then when it dries, it's really, really sturdy and strong. Yeah, but now if you've got wood rot that's so bad where you have areas that have completely fallen away, this is where the wood epox comes in because it's a shrink-free epoxy wood filler that's going to actually fill in that space and then replace the rotted wood. It's a two-part epoxy that you mix together to a putty-like consistency, then you press it in place, and it's going to dry solid. And in one to two hours, it's fully cured. You can cut it, sand it, stain, paint, whatever, just like real wood, and it really does the trick. It really does. So if you use liquid wood and wood epox together, instead of replacing the rotted wood, you can make permanent shrink-free repairs and retain the character of your home and save some money in the process because you don't have to replace it. You don't have to replace the wood, the window, the door, or whatever part of your home needs the work. Both these products are made by Abitron. In fact, if you buy the Abitron wood restoration kit, it comes with the accessories that you need as well. Uh, You'll find them at True Value, Benjamin Moore, and other retailers nationwide. To learn more, go to abatron.com, A-B-A-T-R-O-N.com. I want to make sure that's clear because quite a few of you reached out to ask for help finding this website. It's abatron, A-B-A-T-R-O-N.com. What are you all working on this weekend? Perhaps you've got a project but don't have the tools to get that project done? Well, we can help with that. We have got an amazing drill driver kit to give away today from Hart. Now, the kit comes with a half-inch brushless drill driver, a 20-volt lithium-ion battery, a super-fast charger, a double-ended bit, a belt clip, a storage bag, pretty much everything to have this great tool and get a ton of projects done. I mean, it's got a brushless technology, so you're going to have longer life. It's going to give you 30% more power and perform 20% faster for those heavy-duty projects you're working on. It's normally $94, bucks, but right now you can find it on sale for $79. But, of course, if you are a lucky caller inner shatter of projects, it could be yours for free. And Heart products are available exclusively at Walmart, offering a complete line of tools and accessories so you can easily tackle any project. Do it with Heart. Learn more at hearttools.com. All right, going to North Carolina where Michael wants to work on a bathtub project. Why not just get in the tub and relax, Mike? What's going on? I wish I could, young lady. Thank y'all ever so much for taking my call. 
Uh, this house was built in 1934, and the bathtub's always been white porcelain. But I think the last time around, my mom and dad, we remodeled the bathroom. They had it sprayed it's like a tan color, like a sandstone color. And I would love to remove it and bring it back to its normal gloss. Well, if they've painted it, the probably the normal gloss wasn't so wasn't so attractive. It might have worn. And um, to refinish a bathtub is usually a big challenge. Now you can strip it, and you could refinish it again, and you may get some number of years out of it. Um, but I generally find that that those refinishing projects are they're kind of like paint jobs. You know, they they last maybe five, six, seven years, and then you're doing it again and again. Or you can consider relining the tub. There's a process by which the tub a tub liner could be built and sits actually inside that original tub and gives it a completely new surface. So those are really the two options that I'd pursue, Michael. So. On the relining operation, what would you consider? Well, I mean, it's there. There's different. There are manufacturers out there that do bathtub relining, and, and exactly, it's a composite material that's essentially made to fit your tub. They take some measurements, and it, it doesn't take up too much room, and it looks really nice when it's done. But it's not inexpensive. It's probably on par with having the tub refinished. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, saving water is becoming more and more important. I mean, it's getting warmer out. We're going to see a lot more water usage because of the heat. So what do we do to save water? Do you beg your kids to, you know, use less? Are you begging your family to not take such a long shower? Nope, 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 nope. Hire a plumber, guys, because you can actually do the water saving with some special fixtures. And even it's a pretty simple pro plumbing project. Yep, so we've got a few tips on how to find faucets and toilets and showers and sprinklers that do the work for you without wasting water in today's pro project presented by Angie. So first, let's talk about toilets. I mean, they last for decades, and that makes them one of the most durable plumbing fixtures in the house. But while they don't really wear out, those old toilets can waste plenty of water with every flush. So what you want to look for is a WaterSense certified toilet. It uses a lot less water, yet it still does its job with every single flush. You're just not wasting water at the same time. Now, WaterSense is a program that's run by the EPA, and just like the Energy Star program helps consumers find products that save energy, WaterSense is designed to help you identify products that will save water. Now, to qualify, a product must be certified to use at least 20% less water, save energy, and perform as well or better than the regular model. Now, besides toilets, if you were also to replace, say, your bathroom faucet and shower head, the EPA tells us that you could save 26,000 gallons of water a year and create 380 fewer pounds of greenhouse gas emissions and reduce your utility bills by 250 bucks. So it definitely has a big impact, something as simple as just replacing the faucet and the shower head. Yeah, and speaking of your utility bills, if you use less water, you're also going to use less natural gas and electricity to heat that water. So it really does all add up. Plus, besides bathrooms and kitchens, water sense fixtures are also available for the outdoors. Think about lawn sprinklers, rain controllers, a lot of other irrigation products. You can update those to help you avoid wasting water while you still get to enjoy a beautiful landscape. You know, and here's another thing to think about. Your sewer bill is tied into your water usage. It's usually a percentage of the water bill, right? So if you save water, that means not only does your water bill go down, but your sewer bill goes down as well. And that's today's Pro Project presented by Angie. When you're planning a home renovation, you want to find the best pro for the job. Find expert pros available for hundreds of projects with the Angie app. Download it today. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Heading to Tennessee, and apparently so are the moles, to Kim's yard. What's going on? (laughs) Yes, I'm trying to get rid of these moles in my yard. Please help me. Well, one of the ways to get rid of moles in your yard is to not make your yard quite so attractive by getting rid of the grubs that are in your lawn. Moles are usually there because there's plenty of food. And so if you used a product like GrubX to get rid of the grub, that's the grubs. These are little white, juicy insects that moles just love. And if you get rid of the grubs, then the moles will find a new place to eat. But if there's plenty of grubs, there's plenty of food, they're going to stay in your yard. Does that make sense? All right. Well, good. Thank you so much. I'll try the grub it. Now, you can call us at 888 Pit with those questions, and you can also post them to moneypit.com. We've got a couple of here to talk about. First up, Tyler. Leslie, what's Tyler looking for? All right. Tyler asks, my house was built in 1908, and I want to paint our brick fireplace white and wanted to know if a white stain would be better than regular paint. Also, if paint is the better option, what type of paint and sheen should I be using for this? So great questions. Now, when it comes to painting brick, remember, you can't go back because once you paint, you're kind of stuck. Or even if you stain, you're kind of stuck because brick just absorbs the paint. You can't get it out and it just will look terrible if you try. So just make sure you're totally committed to this. In terms of stain versus paint, I think if he stains Leslie, it's going to be kind of like a white haze, like kind of a chalk, and maybe you'll see sort of the red brick or the brown brick or whatever color it is sort of come through behind it. But if you do paint, it's going to be totally white, right? Yeah, and I think it really depends on, first of all, it depends on what the color and condition of your existing brick is. Is it just that it's like that weird yellow brick and you totally hate how it looks? Or does it just seem more aged? You know, what is it about the brick that you're trying to cover? So if you're looking for a more rustic sort of country feel, the stain is ideal because it gives you that sort of rustic, worn look sort of right off the bat. But I think for a more all across the board, something that matches every design style and truly hides the color of the brick, you're going to go with a paint. And Tom's right. I mean, once you put it on, there's really no going back because it is a tremendously painstaking, time-consuming project to even try to get that paint off somewhat. So it's not something that, you know, you want to be like, let's see what it looks like. You know, try Photoshop first before you actually put paint on. (laughs) It occurs to me, Leslie, that if you're going to stain it, and if you have any smoke stains on that brick, you got to get rid of those first, because otherwise that's going to change the color. That, That carbon will mix in with the stain and even with the paint, it can mix in with the paint and you won't understand why one section looks like to be a slightly different color, duller or more darker or yellower than another. It's because of the smoke stain that got in there. Yeah. So definitely, you know, think about it first. As far as sheen, you know, you need something with a bit of a gloss because you want to make sure that you're able to clean any sort of smoke that gets onto it and discolors it. So something that has a gloss to it, it doesn't have to be high gloss. You could go semi, but you want to make sure that it's like scrubbable, cleanable. Yeah, and the best quality paint is the answer to your last question. What paint do you buy? You buy the best paint you can get. You don't cheap out on the paint because it won't be durable enough. So, you know, get a Benjamin Moore or Sherwin-Williams. Get a good quality paint. You'll be good to go. All right, now we've got Buck who writes, I'm thinking of adding vinyl siding to our summer home in New England. Contractors are saying that the wood shingles have to go. Others saying you can go right on top. Who's right? 
Well, while you can put vinyl siding over the old siding, I wouldn't do it because the siding is going to be sort of out more than the original siding, which means you're going to have to build that around the windows and the doors, and it kind of looks weird. So I would recommend taking the old siding off and putting new vapor barrier across the whole surface and then putting the siding on. That's the way to do it right and not have to deal with any of those after effects of the weird sort of trimming around the windows. You don't want vinyl siding to come out beyond the windows. It just looks strange. Yeah, and it definitely makes that project a lot more difficult when you have to do all those other steps. But good luck with the new siding. You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on this beautiful Memorial Day weekend. We hope that you guys are enjoying yourselves. If you find yourself with a paintbrush in your hand or a hammer and a can of nails and tackling a project around the house, hey, welcome to the club. We're probably doing a few of those projects ourselves. But for today, that's all the time we have. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 